Wildcats, Warriors, Bulldogs, Cavaliers, Bees, Dragons, Panthers, Tigers, Pioneers, Bobcats. The Upper Cumberland's exclusive coaches roundtable. Your teams, your coaches. This is the High School Playbook, built by Mountain Bar Builders. As always, live from Chick-fil-A on Interstate Drive, and this is the High School Playbook, built by Mountain Barn Builders. Upper Men wins their rematch with the Panthers. Clay County defeated on the road. Cookville falls in the second half to Riverdale. York, Macon, Gordonsville, and Smith all stayed alive for another week. We begin this morning, though, outside Salina as Clay County went on the road to South Pitt last night. And everyone was aware of the challenge that awaited the Bulldogs as they traveled to just outside Chattanooga. A Pirates team that boasted multiple future collegiate athletes, including an Auburn commitment. That being said, Clay has faced similar challenges and competed well. It was clear last night. That would be more of an uphill climb than most people thought. Bulldogs head coach Bruce Lamb joining us now. Coach, before we talk about the game, your season comes to an end. How proud are you of your team's effort throughout this tumultuous season? Yeah, we're super proud of what they've done. These kids, uh, they've come a long way in the last 12 weeks. And, and, you know, we started off the year pretty rough. and uh, We started out 0-2, and we gradually got better as the year went on. And, uh, you know, and played some good football towards the end. And super proud of those guys. I've seen a lot of them grow up uh, right before our eyes in the last 12 weeks. And uh, it's it's been great. It's been great to watch these guys. And uh, it makes you very proud to see these young men uh, grow up. And, and uh, you know, hopefully this will uh, carry on when they get to be men and husbands and, uh, you know, into the workforce and, uh, it's just a very proud moment for a coach. Yeah, now we look at the uh, the, the game itself from last night. Uh, certainly, Coach, you want to give all the credit in the world to a South Pittsburgh team that is extremely athletic uh, and, you know, very well coached themselves. But what were they able to do just kind of from the get-go? I mean, first play from scrimmage, a 49-yard scamper to the end zone. What were they able to do that just really gave you guys some issues as the ball game went on? Uh, they had a lot of speed uh, at every position. Um, and it was it was tough for us to, uh, you know, you can't simulate that, simulate that in practice. And um, you know, it was tough for us to uh, um, defensively. It was tough for us to uh, fill the hole, as you know, Coach Dickerson and I discussed it a little bit. You know, they were, they were hitting the hole so fast, their linebackers couldn't fill it. So uh, you know. They, they're a good football team, and, uh, you know, they they had a great night, and we did, and they, that's what it boils down to. Yeah, definitely one of those nights where uh, things just <laughs> never seemed to go the Clay County way. I, it, of course, one of the storylines that, that's going to come out of this game is uh, some extracurricular activity between the two teams, uh, some, some, some shoving and, and some infighting there. I, I'm not going to ask anything specific, Coach. All I'm going to ask is, you know, just uh, your thoughts on, on kind of things getting a little heated and, and getting a little chippy there uh, down the stretch and near the end. Well, when you walk on the field and you have players from the other team, um, 
valving a whole lot, I guess you would say, to your players and your coaches and everybody. You got to expect that's going to come. And, uh, you know, uh, we lost the players during the, one of those skirmishes. And, you know, I, I, I mean, my kid didn't do anything. And, uh, you know, and he got penalized just like the, the player from South Pitt did. Uh, and I'm just going to, I just think it's wrong. I think it's wrong, and I think the um, CSAA needs to look at stuff like this. And, you know, you can't let this go on. Uh, it, it's, it's ruining our game. Um, and there's no there's no need in what they were doing. And, uh, you know, but, but we don't do anything about it. And, you know, uh, I could say a lot more, but that's about, a, you know, that sums it up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the the only other thing that I would like to uh, to ask about is you, the incident you're describing between two players, where uh, both players uh, obviously get penalized and ejected. But then uh, it looked as if the the referee came over and threw a third flag uh, right outside your huddle. Uh, wh- what happened there uh, with the the third flag that ended up giving them the extra 15 yards after the offsetting uh, between the two guys? Well, that that's, that was on me for taking up for my kids. Um, you know, my kid didn't do anything, and you know he goes out and fights for for me and for his teammates every play. And uh, you know, it's my job to take up for him. And uh, you know, and I was doing my best. And the referee didn't like it too well. Well, that's that's absolutely understandable, Coach. Let's end this on a much more positive note, something that uh, I was able to, to talk about uh, on the broadcast last night. But uh, as hard as that loss was, you look up and down your roster and you see junior, 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 uh, a sophomore, a sophomore, a freshman here even. Uh, you guys have uh, a whole lot coming back. Not to say there aren't some pieces, uh, you know, Soto being maybe one of them that's that's going to uh, to move on now after this ball game, but a lot of pieces coming back. How encouraging uh, is that for you, knowing that you you had a team step up, go go to the second round of the playoffs, and a lot of them are going to come back. Yeah, it's a, it's a good feeling knowing all those kids are going to come back. And actually, Soto was actually a junior also. Okay, he okay. is coming back. So uh, you know, we we've got uh, I think we got uh, seven or eight starters come back in offense, and the same on defense. Um, you know, so it, it's a good feeling knowing that and our kids getting the experience we've got in the last two years. And, uh, you know, you know, we, we know we got a lot of work to do, but, uh, you know, I think they're willing to do that. And, uh, you know, we've got the experience now. Now we got to uh, make the most of it. Clay County head coach Bruce Lamb joining me there after a 58 to nothing loss on the road. At South Pittsburgh last night. It did not go the Bulldogs' way. Nothing seemed to go the Bulldogs' way as they uh, watched South Pitt on play number one offensively take off for a 49-yard scamper to the end zone. South Pitt would go on to have two 70-plus-yard touchdown passes, a pick six, and a safety on a kickoff after one of their touchdowns against Clay. So it just was not the Bulldogs' night in South Pittsburgh running down the rest of the scores from last night. Macon County a 28-7 winner. Upperman a 28-14 winner over Stone Memorial. Macon beating Red Bank. Upperman over Stone sets up another rematch 
for Stone or uh, for Upperman as Making County will now have to come to Baxter. Gordonsville, a 35 to 15 winner over Whitwell, that sends sets up a Gordonsville South Pittsburgh matchup next week. We'll see uh, how many guys for South Pittsburgh are able to play after the events of last night. You heard Coach Lamb talk momentarily about those. East Robertson, 24 to 7, defeating Marion County. Uh, Smith County, a 45 to 12 winner over Fayetteville. And Cookville and Riverdale last night in Riverdale, 42 to 21. Riverdale defeating Cookville. We'll hear from head coach Taylor Hennigan coming up in our next segment. I'm Colin Castleberry. This is the High School Playbook, built by Mountain Barn Builders. Built by Mountain Barn Builders. This is the High School Playbook. A new storage building to add room. A new space for the animals. From gazebos to garages, it's built Mountain Strong by Mountain Barn Builders. Highway 127 Clark Range. Online at mountainbarnbuilders.com. York, that is where we continue our morning in Jamestown on the High School Playbook. Built by Mountain Barn Builders, Dragons dispatched a familiar opponent last night in Oneida, this time on their home field. It's back-to-back seasons now. York has gone to Oneida in the regular season this year, though. They got a second run at them, and at home, no less, the result was the same. A York victory. The margin a bit larger, though, 34-7 to last night. Head coach Derwin Wright sits down with us now on site this morning. Coach, what was your team able to do last night that made it such a lopsided affair in the end on the scoreboard? Well, it came out in the first quarter just ready to play. Uh, we opened the kickoff. Uh, Ryland Miller went down, made a tackle, and, and caused a fumble, and we recovered it punched it in scored 21 points in the first quarter just came out just came out on fire ready to go what does that say about your team this late in the season Uh, obviously we've talked about it ad nauseum how early your bye week came as well so you guys really haven't had a break since week three what does it say about your team that they're able to come out in round two of the playoffs when a lot of other teams are sort of gimpy and limpy and they punch a team in the mouth with 21 points well they just you know it uh Shows that they they're committed to their goal. You know they want they want they want to move on and and you know at this situation last night as we went in you know again we talked about there's 16 teams remaining and when this game's over there's going to be eight. It's a lead eight and then you move on. You know you move on to that game and and again you know I tell them every week I said okay uh, you know on on after the game Friday night on Monday morning. Uh, some teams are going to be taking up equipment and going on to basketball. Some teams are going to be moving on. So, you know, uh, you got to get fired up and ready to go. Yeah, I'm sure that is as happy as uh, you guys are to be continuing on the football grid. I mean, your, basket, your basketball teams may be, may be a little upset. That well, Coach, Powell, Coach Powell's tickled we're moving on because we've got, we've got three of his starters, and uh, <laughs> you know. But uh, uh, that's, that's a great thing about our school and a great thing about our coaches. We share our athletes, and, you know, in a small school, if you don't do that, you're just hurting. You're hurting all the programs. That's a fact. Your offense is humming. 34 points is actually your lowest point total in the last four weeks, uh, but but certainly still one to be very proud of. Where, what happened with your offense to turn a corner uh, corner over the last four weeks? Well, I just think our old lines just continue to improve uh, up front and uh, Landon Sales Senior Center Force, and he's he's uh, really comprehended everything we're doing, and he, he's a guy that communicates the rest of the line. 
And C.J. Brown, he's continued to improve. He's, he's had to work on his footwork, but he's, uh, he's doing well. And then the rest of the guys are younger guys, and, and they've just come on. And, uh, and uh, you know, you're not going to move the ball without those guys up front. Uh, we've uh, we had some mistakes last night. They made an adjustment on it. But, uh, you know, once we, you know, they're, they're communicating to each other. And so they're figuring it out. And that's what you want to see as a coach. On the other side, defensively, we know it it starts with, with Michael up front yep. there. But what is the rest of your defense able to do around him uh, to limit a, a very good team like Oneida to seven points? And truthfully, you look back over at limiting Stone Memorial to seven uh, and Polk County to, I think, seven or, or nothing. What has your defense been able to do? Not just Michael up front. Well, really they're just uh, they're they're playing. They're playing aggressive. They're moving. Uh, uh, you know, the the two outside linebackers uh, are Joseph uh, Linder and uh, Bryson Bilbrey. They're doing a great job out there. Joseph had a heck of a game last night, and he's a sophomore, number twenty-two. Our inside linebacker Blake Bulls. He's played. He, he's our leading tackler this year. He's had he's had a well of a season. Uh, Three or four interception on screen passes, and uh, you know he he had a big night last night. And Tanner Talent, who's a, who's a junior force, those guys inside, uh, they're getting the job done. Uh, we were able to develop some depth. You know, we've got Michael Wall at, at defensive tackle. We've got Jacob Bertram defensive tackle. We've got Dante Brown defensive tackle, and now we're rolling in. Uh, Marquise Tolman at defensive tackle, so we're able to roll some guys there. And Austin Huddleston, we've got a little quick nose guard, and we've also got Landon Sales, who's our center, comes in. And, and then we threw another guy in the mix, Aaron Anthony. Aaron's a, a sophomore and a quick kid, so we're able to keep those guys rotating and fresh, and I think that's, that's huge, and that's a big part of, you know, we had some guys hurt ankles and get banged up as, as this has gone on, so we've ended up, you know, building some depth with that happening. Let's look forward now. Obviously, a lot of you guys are going to spend today celebrating, watching some college football, but you mentioned it. Got to turn a page on Monday, eight teams remaining, and you guys go uh, to a team that certainly is a perennial power uh, around the uh, the state in Hampton. Last year, obviously, they get put out by Monterey. They were a little upset by that early exit, so they're looking uh, to continue their success, get back where they feel like they belong just initially, what have you kind of noticed about them that you guys are going to have to try to, to work on a key on? Well, at this point, I'll be honest with you, I've not even seen them on film this year. We've mm-hmm. not traded anybody with film. You know, we're, we're trading film, and uh, uh, I know I know traditionally what they do, and, and they do what they do, and they do it well, mm-hmm. and you've just got to stop it. Uh, you know, I, I know that it's going to be a, a, a tough place to play. It's a long trip. Uh you know, and, and it's home field advantage, and so we've got to come out ready to play. Uh, you know, we, we've won two tough ones on the road this year, uh, and uh, so, I, you know, I know we can win on the road, but, you know, this is playoff football, and you got to bring your best game every game. So uh, we got to work hard this week to get ready and, uh, you know, get, get, get the trip up there and be ready to play and step off the bus ready to play. York Institute head coach Derwin Wright joining us live at Chick-fil-A on Interstate Drive. 
We now move from Jamestown to Cookville, where they went on the road last night to compete with an all-too-familiar foe in an all-too-familiar city at Riverdale, a place they used to compete in region play. The Cavs hung within a score for quite a long time with the Warriors. and Ultimately, though, it got away from them in a 42-21 loss. Cavalier head coach Taylor Hennigan kind enough to join us this morning. Coach, what was Riverdale ultimately able to do to pull away? Yeah, we, uh, to be honest with you, the, the, the whole first half and probably most of the second quarter or third quarter, um, you know, I really felt like we were the better team for, um, you know, just for chances to win the game and, and kind of who controlled the game. Um, you know, I was really proud of, of the way that we executed our plan and obviously not just a good team, but but one of the, the legitimate favorites to win the 6A title. And uh, we were, you know, we were there step for step with them. And, and so really proud of that. But, you know, ultimately the third quarter, to be honest, was um, a little bit strange, just the way that some of the things unfolded and the way the game was officiated and um, just an, just some things that you don't see every, every day. So um, they scored and, and – you know, minus minus one or two plays um, defensively, I thought we played probably played them as good as anyone has um, against one of the, the top offensive teams. So ultimately, we just couldn't sustain and, and kind of deliver a, a knockout punch in the third quarter to to get that touchdown that that we really needed. And, and then they, you know, once we kind of pressed to to try to. Uh, closed the gap there. We were down, I guess, down 14 and kind of pressed and ended up giving up a, a pick six. So really proud of, of the way that we played and, and uh, competed against a really good team. Yeah, penalties seemed to kind of get you guys there in the third quarter. Uh, you know, season comes to an end, so it's not so much about how do you clean those up going forward, but uh, do you, how big a role did they play last night and – uh, and unfortunately, uh, you know, what exactly is it you feel like happened? Yeah, I mean, I've, you know, I've kind of buzzed the tape late, late last night. It's, um, it, you know, it's just one of those things. It, it is what it is. It's water under the bridge at this point. Um, you know, frustrating last night. Um, I, I didn't feel like some of the things that happened were, um, you know, very consistent. That was, you know, that was my biggest thing, not that. You know, not that either team didn't didn't make a uh, commit a foul or commit a penalty, but just you know the way the game was officiated, really on both sides. I just I didn't feel like it was very efficient. So, you know, those things happen. Um, that's that's part of football. Um, but certainly, penalties play play a huge part of the third quarter. And um, again, not not the only factor in the game by any means, but just an odd game you know just the flow of the game and and just some of the things that um that happen on both sides just just kind of some things that you don't see every night you talked about your team's fighting this game it obviously wasn't just this ball game it's been down the stretch here in the six game winning streak and then obviously last night against an incredibly talented uh riverdale team just now that you've had, you know, a couple hours, your next morning getting to kind of reflect back on the season as a whole, 
uh, just how proud are you of your team's fight and what they were able to accomplish this year uh, after the way that you guys started and then obviously that that critical kind of uh, crux right there around that Lebanon game that we've talked about several times. Yeah, extremely proud. And I told I told our team, you know, in the midst of hurt and, and disappointment last night, I, I told our team at some point, you know, you'll look back and be proud of, of what we've been able to do. And um, by no means is this, um, you know, is this the goal or, or do we want this to be the standard for our program? We we proved last night that we're going to be capable of, of more than the second round um, and more than the third round. Uh, I, I really believe that. So that's not the goal, but at the end of the day, from kind of where we took over to a small step last season, um, and and our seniors and our players just made that made that decision to to take our our program back to getting closer to where we want to be. And um, extremely proud. And and now, you know, everybody says it. This it's not not easy you know obviously it's not easy to to get to this point um but the amount of work and preparation to get here will need to increase in order for us to get from eight and three to or eight and four to where we really want to be it's gonna it's gonna be a lot more um difficult to get to the next step and so uh but Overall, just very, very proud and, and um, just honored to be able to coach those guys. Taylor Hennigan, Cookville Cavalier head coach, joining me there after a 42-21 loss on the road at Riverdale that brought an end to the Cavaliers' season. It was a heck of a season for Cookville. So, so proud of them. Uh, but nonetheless, a, a tough night for them Uh, Happily joined by head coach Derwin Wright as well. I'm Colin Castleberry. This is the High School Playbook, built by Mountain Barn Builders. Fresh from their film analysis to break down the games with you. The Mountain Barn Builders High School Playbook with your coach, Next. Next. Live at Chick-fil-A on Interstate Drive, it's the High School Playbook, built by Mountain Barn Builders. And uh, head coach Derwin Wright, kind enough to, to stick around with us. Uh, <laughs> we're just going to call it like it is here, coach. A couple of your players uh, had themselves a big win last night and uh, slept in a little. So we, we get to keep talking to you. And, and I'm kind of excited to do that because we were having a conversation off the air that I, I 100% want to bring here on the air. You've been around the UC around the game for a while and uh, we were talking about the improvements that are, have been made by a lot of first and second year coaches uh, around here. Let's start uh, with, with with Cookville, that six game winning streak, head coach Taylor Hennigan yeah. in his second year. You were telling me uh, how, how much of a turnaround you've, you've seen from them. Oh yeah, you know, he, he's he's done a great job and uh, you guys talk about it quite often and you know he's, uh, him and his staff uh, you know, folks just gotta, you know it, it, it don't happen, you don't snap your fingers and it happens and they've just improved and improved and improved and uh, you know so uh, uh, hats off to them, they've done a great job. 
as somebody who who obviously has been around the game and, and coached it for a long time, what what does it take? You know, when you come in and, and a program's not only down, but really a culture is down, right? And it's a a proud program that has clearly uh, seen better days. What does it take to come in and and kind of have the the sort of turnaround he's had, where all of a sudden year two you're on a six game winning streak and and in the second round of the playoffs? Well, I think it begins in that weight room. You know, you turn your you turn your season around in that weight room, and you also consistency. Uh, your kids gotta, you know, they gotta know what they're doing. They gotta believe in what they're doing, and you just gotta rep it over and over and over and over and over and over. You know, and I and and I when I was a first year coach, you know, the first thing I was doing it, it wasn't working, so I went moved to something else, and then moved to something else, and at the end of the season, it got done. I went back and looked at film. We wouldn't we wouldn't we wouldn't good at anything. We were doing all this stuff. We wouldn't good at any of it. And I think, you know, it, it starts with that weight room, getting your kids conditioned and physically built up, and then knowing your system and having a system and your kids buying into that and believing in it. You know, I, I remember an old basketball coach told me one time, he said, I got the simplest play, but it works every time. And he said, I don't know how it works, but the kids think it's going to work. So getting them to believe in what you're doing, believe in your staff, and, uh, you know, I've seen that happen in, in a couple areas up Cumberland. I think Livingston, I think Houser's done a great job there in getting, getting, that same, getting that same thing going. And, and, and they also, both guys have gotten more kids out. You, you mentioned it right there. The next place I wanted to head was Livingston, a team and a program yeah. you're obviously familiar with. York and Livingston used to be a, a bit more of a rivalry just based on uh, classification and such. But uh, you got to play them this year. It's obviously a team you played over the last several years as well. What was the biggest difference for you uh, playing Livingston this year versus maybe in years past? They knew their identity. They knew what they were what, what they were doing. Uh, you know, you go back to when uh, Coach Lamb was there. Uh, you go back to uh, – Coach Eldridge, uh, Matt Eldridge there, you know, uh, you, 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 they've got their identity. They've always been a team that, that, that runs the ball, but they're, they're, they're a passing team, you know. Uh, there's years when uh, they were 60-40 pass, and, uh, you know, but they're, they're, they've got an identity again. I think the staff's doing a good job, and, uh, you know, they, uh, they've, they've made some huge improvements in their stadium. Their lighting system's awesome, and, uh, you know, their kids are uh, – you know they had a bunch of bunch of more kids out. You know, and uh, uh, you've got you got to have Johnnies and Joes. And uh, but uh, I just saw I saw that 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 program's moving in the right direction. One more program that I I want to hit on, uh, and it's not so much about obviously improvement. It's about just where they're at in terms of how special of a season uh, they may be able to have. The other undefeated team here in the Upper Cumberland, uh, Adam Kane and the Upperman Bees. It's one thing, as you well know, uh, coaching there at York to, to have a, a really great season and, and catch one in the loss column uh, along the way. Uh, what has Adam Kane been able to do there at Upperman to not only find an undefeated season but put together uh, one of the more special defenses and, and offensive performances they've had in a long time? Well, you, you mentioned Coach Kane. He, he's, a, he's an outstanding football coach. Uh, we first played each other. He was at Sequatchie County. I first took back over in 2017 at York, and we went down there and somehow managed to win a game. Uh, and then, uh, you know, last, last, last year I played, uh, that we played them. We were in the region. They got us twice that year and put us out. Uh, but he just does a great job. They are really, really good at what they do. They they are not making any mistakes. They're the kind of team that you know, when you go and play them, uh, they're not going to hurt themselves. 
they're going to play solid football, and, and, and they're like us, you know. We want to play hard-nosed, tough defense and fundamental defense, and they're the same way. All right, head coach Derwin Wright, York Institute Dragons coach. Before we finally let you go, I do want to wind back around to uh, the team, obviously, you're here for, the, the Dragons, the purple and gold. Uh, you mentioned a long trip ahead of you coming up on Friday yep. night. Yep. Uh, don't know much as, or as much about the opponent maybe at this point, but what is the difference going two-plus hours on a, on a trip? What, what do you guys well, have to change on a Friday to kind of keep everybody? kind of makes it easier for me once we get the travel scheduled. You know, I'm not lining the field. We're not having to do it <laughs> as a staff and all that. So it's a matter of just getting the kids ready, and they got you know it's it's a long ride, and you got to get up there and get get your legs stretched back out. But you got to get off the bus ready to play, and you know, uh, I, I want to say something about our kids. You know, the turnaround they've had in the mm-hmm. last two years. You know, a three and seven team, and then and then you know last year nine and nine and five, and then this year you know so far, you know we're we're undefeated and uh, one one of two in Upper Cumberland and. Uh, you know, we know that that you know that that can end any Friday night. It's any given you know any given Friday night, as they say, any given Sunday that uh, things can change. But uh, you know, I, th- these juniors that we have that are seniors now, they've been a huge part of this, and uh, you know, they just this can't say enough about them. But uh, you know, long a long trip is playoff football. Uh, it, it you know we would love to be hosting with our record, but it's just the way the bracket fell, and. Uh, you know, we've got to get ready for this game and, and uh, you know, record zero and zero. I mean, uh, you know, the, the, the records mean nothing right now, and uh, we just got to get ready to play. One game seasons at this Absolutely. point, folks. Head coach Derwin Wright, York Institute Dragons. Appreciate him sticking around, talking a little Upper Cumberland football uh, with us here. I'm Colin Castleberry, and this is the High School Playbook built by Mountain Barn Builders. Before they huddle up with the players, they analyze the games with you. The High School Playbook, built by Mountain Barn Builders, continues next. Live from Chick-fil-A on Interstate Drive, Colin Castleberry with you on the High School Playbook. Want to shout out once again our uh, assistant promotions director, Frankie Rich, coming out here, helping, setting everything up, getting the food, getting the drinks. She is uh, probably the unsung hero here of the high school playbook, and we want to make sure that she knows that. Let's take a lo- another look at your scoreboard now. Uh, last night, obviously, several Upper Cumberland teams finding their seasons coming to an end. Cookville on the road at Riverdale, a 42-21 to game that truthfully was a whole lot closer than that throughout. It was a late pick six that really put Riverdale over the top uh, and sent them into that doubling of the Cookville score. Smith County uh, laying work on Fayetteville 45-12. to They defeat them, excuse me. Of course, just got done talking with head coach Derwin Wright. York, a 34-7 to winner in Jamestown over Oneida. East Robertson handled business with Marion County, a 24-7 to ER win. Gordonsville defeating Whitwell 35-15. They set up a matchup next week in South Pittsburgh with the Pirates, who, of course, last night defeated Clay County 58 to nothing. And the storyline going into that one, again, will be how many of the South Pittsburgh players are unavailable thanks to kind of extracurricular 
uh, activities last night during the game, some fights breaking out, punches thrown. Uh, and so we'll see how many South Pittsburgh guys, including Martavius Collins, the Auburn commitment, uh, will be able to play next week against Gordonsville. Macon County, a 28-7 winner over Red Bank. They set up yet another rematch for the Upperman Bees, who defeat Stone last night, 28-14. to Upperman and Macon will face off in Baxter on Friday night. And uh, we head now to Adam Kane, Upperman head coach. It certainly looked different than the last time the two teams met, but the result last night in Baxter was the same. Upperman, a victory, defeating Stone Memorial 28-14 to this time around. Bees continue to look as if they are on a collision course with a state title appearance. Head coach Adam Kane speaking with me now, Coach. Two 158 rushing yards against the defense that has been stout in near every game, except for that other game with Upperman. What went so well on the ground last night, though, for you guys? Yeah, um, you know, I felt like they had a good plan, and, and uh, you know, I've said it many times. Um, they've got really good players and, uh, you know, good size over there. And, uh, you know, last night they really – really appeared to play play really hard um our, our key uh you know to be able to run the ball against them was um you know mainly just just sticking with it and um you know kind of finding some keeping them trying to keep them a little bit off balance um you know we 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 felt like they were going to kind of tee off on you know kind of our bread and butter stuff so we had just a few wrinkles that we wanted to throw at them just to keep them off balance a little bit. Um, I think as it wore on, they just kept adding guys to the box, um, which made it a little more difficult. But I think just the fact that we stuck with it and, um, you know, it's something we believe in. Um, we believe in our offensive line and, and our running backs and our quarterback and, you know, our receivers block downfield. And so, um, you know, it's just always been our philosophy that, you know, if you can kind of get it going, get that run game going, you can kind of wear people out as the game wears on. Yeah, we talk a whole lot about, right, the, the running backs, Ethan Polk being able to run downhill, the size of, of Bronson Chafin, and, of course, your, your offensive line. But you mentioned maybe one of the unsung heroes in the running game right there, those wide receivers. Where do you think their desire to block and to do it at such a high level uh, comes from? Well, you know, I would I would say our, uh, you know, we, we preach it during the week. Coach Ferguson is our wide receiver coach. And, uh, you know, we, we, we've a lot, a, a pretty good amount of time um, working on our blocking. And so it's something that we emphasize. And, uh, you know, they, they know that, you uh, you know, when we're able to run run the ball, it opens up opportunities for maybe them to catch the football, and um, it's uh, kind of works hand in hand. But uh, you know, uh, hats off to those kids for you know buying into what we're trying to do. And uh, you know, I, I do believe this team is a very unselfish team, and um, you know, I, I don't think um, any of them really worry about who's getting the glory or getting the touches as much as. They worry about us winning and moving on. So uh, I think all those factors kind of um, 
you know, it, it kind of prove that they, uh, you know, are unselfish, and, and that's what it takes to be a good blocker. We've bragged on your defense all season, Coach, but uh, the, the, the level of difficulty goes up when a team not only has the athletes like you've talked about, but you're facing them for a second time in, in three weeks. And obviously, uh, you know, their coaches are making adjustments and changing things up as, as much as they can as well. What was your defense able to do last night to hold Stone Memorial to two points, two interceptions for a very talented quarterback in Nick Osmond? Where did where was your defense able to find some success uh, for the second time in three weeks against a really talented uh, Panther offense? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I felt like it was a little bit of a kind of a cat and mouse game there. Um, you know, we'd get a stop, they'd make some adjustments, move the ball. Um, you know, uh, they they would they scored. We'd made some adjustments, got a quick stop. Um, they came out out of, out of halftime. Um, you know, had a little bit of a different wrinkle for us, um, and we made adjustments. Got you know, we were able to get some pressure on the quarterback, and that's kind of how it went all night. And I think that's kind of how playoff playoff football goes because. All the teams that you're going to play, you know, are going to be good, good quality teams with good coaches. And last night wasn't any different. Um, you know, I think at times we struggled tackling. Um, maybe with the first guy, you know, we in order to be really dominant on defense, that first guy's got to get the guy on the ground. And um, you know, at times when they were able to have success. Um, I think we let them, ex- you know, let guys extend plays. So we got to, you know, fix that a little bit. Take better angles to the ball. Get a, get another guy to the ball. And and uh, but overall, I was pleased. You know, I got a group this year that that doesn't mind me. You know, throwing some some crazy stuff at them during a game, and uh, they're able to adjust and. And last night, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've seen this increasingly over the last two or three weeks, and especially last night. But not only is it me trying to, um, you know, make adjustments, but they come to me with what they think will work, you know, during timeouts or on the sideline. And, and last night they, they knew uh, they wanted to get into a certain scheme, and, and so we, we did that, and that was able to help us through the game. Obviously, now you turn the page heading into a quarterfinal, and, and you got to get better in, a, in some areas. You mentioned tackling. Seemed like penalties last night uh, were also a big factor, and, and one for four on, on fourth down. Where do you guys have to grow, have to improve this week as you enter a quarterfinal, and you know that level of competition just continues to ramp up? Yeah, um, you know, got a really quality opponent coming in um our uh, you know making was our closest game this year um so you know it was a long time ago and both teams have uh you know made improvements and and done this and done that it looks like they're playing really good football um i know they got some some great players you know the mr football guy um and i know his brother is a really good player um Shoulders, Coach Shoulders does a fantastic job in all three phases. Um, 
you know, it's uh, noticed the little um, Music City Miracle type play to open the DeKalb game on the kickoff, and so that they're, they're just um, you know really a dynamic team. Um, just uh, it's interesting. We just can't seem to get out of this region. Um, you know, every <laughs> like every time we turn around in this in these playoffs, we're we're replaying somebody. So um, you know, it's a it's going to be a tough matchup. And like you said, we're going to have to tackle. We're going to have to be playing at our you know at our uh, dead level best. You know, to to have a chance to move on. Um, you know, it's pretty clear. I know they want you know some revenge from that from that earlier matchup and. Um, so that I'm sure they'll be highly motivated and, and you know really geeked up when they come in here. Um, I'm glad we got them at home, and um, you know we'll, we'll, we'll just try to make some corrections and have a good week of practice, and, and hopefully we can come out and get competitive with them. Upperman Bees head coach Adam Kane with us there. I thank him for joining us. A big win last night, 28 to 14. <clears throat> Excuse me. 28-14, the Bees defeated Stone Memorial to bring an end to the Panther season and set up yet another matchup inside their own region in the playoffs. H- head coach uh, Adam Kane there, uh, Coach Kane, joked with me, uh, Colin, we just can't get away from our own region here in the playoffs, and he's not wrong. Having to play Stone Memorial last night, they got to welcome Macon County to Baxter this Friday night, and that game should be amazing. A Mr. Football semifinalist in Gabe Borders. Of course, the Upperman Bees undefeated on the season, handing Macon uh, one of, if not their only loss on the year. So should be quite a game on Friday night. Hey, right now, we got to take a quick break, come back. We'll talk about that game and several others coming up this Friday night as we preview the quarterfinals of the TSSAA State Playoffs on the high school playbook built by Mountain Barn Builders. This is the Mountain Barn Builders High School Playbook, where the region's coaches come together to talk about the games and what's coming up. Live at Chick-fil-A on Interstate Drive, Colin Castleberry with you once more on the High School Playbook and time to talk the week ahead, previewing next week's games, several great matchups that we've alluded to all morning, but want to break them down just a little bit further. And if you're just joining us, make sure everyone is aware of where you need to be spending your Friday night. Let's start with Gordonsville at South Pittsburgh. Gordonsville, a 35-15 winner over Whitwell last night. Of course, South Pittsburgh bringing an end to Clay County's schedule, 58 to nothing. This one is a rematch of last year. Gordonsville going into South Pittsburgh last year and eliminating the Pirates, and a lot of people saying uh, that uh, South Pittsburgh did a whole lot of soul-searching after that one. It's why you notice there are several guys uh, on the roster this year for South Pittsburgh that were not on the roster last year. South Pitt uh, going out, finding those guys, which is what you got to do uh, right at those one and two, even two A schools, go out and find guys you didn't have playing other sports, doing other things, and get them out on the football field. And that is what South Pittsburgh has been able to do. The other storyline, of course, that we've kind of talked about in passing all morning is how many guys from South Pittsburgh 
won't get to play in this game due to some infighting and some extracurriculars last night against Clay County. The biggest one being Martavius Collins, who of course is an Auburn commit. Will he get to play in this ball game? He was ejected from last night's game uh, in the second quarter, so he did not play the second half last night. And will he get to play in this one? York will travel to Hampton again. Another big-time matchup. York, of course, undefeated, but having to go on the road. Just excuse me, just the way the bracket fell, as you heard Coach Derwin Wright say earlier. Uh, but this is a big-time matchup. Hampton last year got eliminated in the, I believe it was the second round, uh, by Monterey. That was an early exit for them. They did not appreciate that, and so came back this year with a renewed sense of purpose. Hampton looking again to uh, get back to where they feel like they belong. And, of course, York now the team that stands in their way. The Dragons will have to drive over two hours. Head coach Derwin Wright again talking with us earlier didn't necessarily say that uh, that, that would be a problem. He felt like his team is kind of built for that, that they're uh, ready to accept that challenge and that they've been a special group this year. And certainly that zero in the loss column uh, backs up that claim. East Robertson at Smith County, right? This is, uh, well, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's two teams with significant collegiate talent, maybe not necessarily FBS, you know, going to play at the Division One, uh, you know, Power 5 kind of level, but certainly two teams have a whole lot of guys that may very well be playing at Tennessee Tech or Lipscomb, Belmont, Chattanooga, uh, UT Chattanooga, those sorts of schools. Uh, also, several guys who may go uh, to the Mountain West or uh, you know s- conferences like that that obviously play at that level but aren't quote unquote Power Five. A whole lot of talent in that ball game at Smith County on Friday night, and we end it with Macon County at Upperman, and I end it with that one one because. I truly believe it will be the game of the week. Uh, But two, because it's just insane that Upperman will once again have to face off with a team they faced off with earlier this year from their own region. It's one thing if you end up playing a team in the playoffs that you played early in the season outside of region, just trying to prepare for the playoffs, right? That happens on occasion, uh, and coaches do that. So they get an early look at a team they maybe think they're going to see in the playoffs, but in this case, Upperman has to play Macon County. Upperman has to play Stone Memorial, and now they will have played them in back-to-back weeks in the playoffs. Storyline writes itself, Macon County, Gabe Borders, a Mr. Football finalist last year, a Mr. Football semifinalist this year, going to probably be a finalist again and, and be up for the award. A lot of people feeling like, despite the fact that Gabe Borders this, uh, this year is not statistically as good as he was last year, that he may very well go home with Mr. Football because he got uh, kind of gypped last year on it, right? Didn't win it, didn't win the award last year when he probably should have. So a lot of people feel like this year he may get it based on that merit, based on being left out of it last season. Meanwhile, of course, at Upperman, we all know plenty about the Bees. Undefeated elite defense that has allowed you know, I think was it Derek I believe Stone Memorial head coach uh, Derek Samber and myself put it together no one has scored more than like 14 or 17 points all season on this Upperman defense the offense rounding into shape 258 rushing yards last night over 100 for Ethan Polk 
right on the edge of 100 for uh, quarterback Bronson Chafin, who also threw for over 75 yards through the air. This is going to be the game of the week, and there's a reason for that. They're familiar with each other, loads of talent on both sides, and, of course, both teams looking to take the next step, right? Upper men, as I said earlier, on a collision course uh, with that state championship berth, Macon County trying to get back into that realm and both last night sending messages. Upperman, as I said, 28-14 to 14 over Stone. Macon County 28-7 to 7 over Red Bank. That's a Red Bank team who last week put 30 points on DeKalb County, who, as many of you well know, while DeKalb's offense got stripped of a lot of talent, Malachi Trapp going down with another injury, so on and so forth, and so their offense in that game wasn't necessarily what you thought it would be. DeKalb County's defense has been elite all season, even when their offense has not necessarily been at its best, and yet gave up 30 points to a Red Bank team with a whole lot of speed. Uh, just did not have the same caliber of speed as Making County has this season. This has been the High School Playbook. Thank you to each and every uh, coach who joined us this morning. Again, thank you to Frankie Rich for setting it all up and helping us out here live at Chick-fil-A and Interstate Drive. I'm Colin Castleberry. This has been the High School Playbook, built by Mountain Barn Builders. The High School Playbook, built by Mountain Barn Builders. Add space to your home, protect your cars and boats, a new workshop or she shed. Mountain Barn Builders will build it mountain strong. MountainBarnBuilders.com. The prep conversation continues all week, including today's show on demand. UCSportsNation.com.